Hi, welcome to Mouse Chat. You've got just the two of us, Steve and Sharpie, tonight. How you doing, Sharpie? Howdy, Steve. I'm doing well. How are you? We're at home while everybody else went to play in Orlando. Yep, they're they're all at Universal without us. Yeah, Universal Studios Orlando. I'm seeing all the photos, some good, some bad. So that um, brought us to a topic that we did once before when it was just the two of us. If you if you don't know, Sharpie is phenomenal at photography, and we have another photography show um, with some examples. Backed by popular demand, I posted that on our Facebook page, our Facebook group today, to see what what people wanted from another guy's show, and uh, <laughs> they all said that they they wanted more photography tips. So yes. by all means, we're gonna we're gonna talk tech this evening, the technology of photography. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I love to take photos. I've loved to take photos ever since I was a, a young, young kid with my my 110 camera. Uh, I remember I would save up my uh, oh, allowance to go have film developed. Uh, and of course, like, you know, 90% of the shots would be like total garbage. But, you know, as yep. a kid, you're like, you're learning. So, but, you know, all that paid off. And then I got my first 35 millimeter camera when I was in like late middle school, early high school, I guess it was. Uh, and then of course that kind of opened up a whole new world. I had my, my Minolta, uh, uh, XL. I can't, I honestly, it's been so long. I can't even remember the original model number yep. of my, uh, first camera. Uh, but then and my first camera wasn't even, um, autofocus. So, had to, had to learn learn the old school method of having to uh, uh, ha- having to to focus everything and yep. le- learning uh, f stops and ISO numbers <laughs> and all that stuff. So long are those days. However, learning learning from that perspective definitely helps you understand uh, photography. So yes. so kind of a, a first kind of intro here. Uh, and, and a lot of this may, may be stuff from our, our, our first show, but I just want to make sure to kind of hit some of the big points. The thing to remember about photography is that you are capturing light. That like at, at its basic element, that's what you're doing. You're capturing light. Uh, so whenever you see people taking photos uh, with their cell phone flash on, trying to get fireworks photos, I just want to look at them and say, that's not how this works. <laughs> it's, the fireworks yes. are like hundreds of yards away. And here you are with an LED on your camera, popping the flash only annoying the people around you. So daytime flash is okay. It fills, it fills in uh, shadows and stuff on faces. Uh, but nighttime, definitely turn the flash off. If you're taking a photo in small world, you better have your shutter speed set high. Uh, and don't count on, don't count on a, a, a flash working because you're in motion. Uh, so that's kind of two elements there both light and motion yes. uh, that can ruin any photo. Sometimes I'll, uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll try with a flash and then without a flash. And even at nighttime, sometimes it, the flash just kind of washes it out and it'll take it on an iPhone or a mobile device much better uh, without the flash. 
I mean, generally, you're more than 10 feet away from something. A flash isn't going to do you a darn bit of good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and typically, anything really within like the four to six foot range, uh, it it would even be taxing for the average uh, smartphone. So that's the thing to remember uh, at this point in time. Uh, if you are, if you're a serious photographer, you can capture some really cool images on smartphones. However, if you want the versatility and you want to be able to control the capture of both light and motion, you're going to need something kind of the next step up. Uh, if I were investing in camera gear today, I would be looking at all like the mirrorless cameras. So mirrorless is like the mirrorless is the, like the next generation uh, of, of the big kind of bulky SLR, the, the single lens reflex camera uh, that, that's kind of been the, the, the stalwart of uh, in, any serious photographer for many, many, many years. Uh, but now you can go completely mirrorless where the lens is, is directly in front of, of the, the CCD, the charge couple device, like the actual digital element inside of the, the physical digital element inside of the camera that actually captures captures the image. Uh, it's your digital film per se. Uh, if I were investing in gear today, I'd be buying mirrorless uh, just because it's a lot lighter. It's a lot easier to transport, uh, good versatility. Um, but if you, if you have an SLR, learn to use it. That's one of the, one of the biggest recommendations that I would give to anyone who, who wants to do a serious photography trip, uh, to, to a theme park or to any, any, any tourist destination is make sure you learn to use your camera before you go, uh, take a hike, um, go walk through your, your city's downtown area, uh, take a walk along a country road, uh, just use that camera and make sure that you understand how it works. Use it in different lighting situations. Uh, tr- try to try to capture some images of of people, torture your family and friends. Because uh, the best way to improve as a photographer is to take photos. Yeah, and you don't have the that. film like you had when you were a kid, so you don't have to pay to develop exactly. it. Exactly. Just... Exactly. So just shoot. Yep. Yep. So whenever. Uh, Whenever you're planning a trip, uh, th- think about what you would what 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 do you want to capture photos of, or do you want to capture photos of people? Do you want to capture photos of places like landscape photos, uh, or or specific like architectural shots within the parks? Uh, do you want to take photos of of things? And when I say things, I mean food. I mean souvenirs. Uh, just general practical items. Um, th- those are just some of the basic kind of considerations. So starting off with that, that thought of taking pictures of people, which this is a, a timely insert for this show is that Disney is no longer allowing their photo pass photographers or the attendants, the character attendants to handle guest devices due to COVID-19. Uh, so you can no longer hand your, fo- hand your camera or your phone, uh, or device off to a Disney cast member, uh, they're no longer allowed to touch your device. Uh, so if you are taking pictures of people, uh, you're not going to be in that shot. That's one of the great reasons why photo pass is kind of a must for family vacations is you want to be in all the pictures. So make sure you're doing, uh, doing photo pass so that way you can be in all the pictures. You don't have to worry about anyone, uh, having you take your pictures, uh, for you on your device because they're, 
no longer allowed to unless another guest offers to do it. Um, so really, when you think about taking pictures of people, uh, I want you to think about three things whenever you're getting ready to shoot photos of people. Are you capturing just the people? Do you just want a picture of Aunt Jack, Uncle Joe, uh, and and uh, and 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 their and their then the nephew Marty. Are you just taking pictures of people to capture a specific moment, or are you trying to take a picture of them in front of something or adjacent to something, or showing where they are? Most often, uh, unless you're you're snapping a photo of them before they're uh, heading off on on. Uh, trip and you're just, just capturing a picture before they leave the house, you're going to want the picture to tell the story of where they are. Uh, so you have a couple things to think about. One is light. Where is the sun? Uh, is, is the sun gone down? Is it daytime? Is it nighttime? Where is the sun? Because you don't want uh, the situation where they're completely blinded and the, and the sun is totally in their eyes, but you also don't want the situation where the sun is behind them completely because it's going to trick your camera out unless you're smart. Uh, and that's the thing to remember with, uh, all of our smartphone or, or mobile devices, uh, you can use, uh, the touch features. So say for instance, you're taking a picture of someone in front of Cinderella castle you you point your phone at them, but the phone is the, the picture it looks totally either washed out or totally dark. Use your finger, tap the person's face, uh, because that's gonna recalibrate your phone uh and, and change the light metering of of the, the basic digital makeup of the photo. Uh and it's going to rebalance that to take advantage of the light that is specifically on their face. So it tells the phone or device to ignore everything that's outside of their face. So what that's going to do is that's going to capture their face. What you're going to learn with that is that you may totally darken or completely wash out what is behind them. So that's kind of where you have to really assess the situation. Your best bet is to find a shady spot that is not in direct sunlight, but still is, is kind of practically lit for a daytime show, uh, a daytime photo, uh, and then get, get, get situated with the image behind you or, or with the, the object or, or, or landscape behind you. So that's one thing to think about. If you are just taking, if you're taking photos at nighttime, once again, think about that flash, uh, look around your phone screen and figure out how to turn that flash on, how to turn it off and how to turn it onto auto. Uh, because that, that's going to, especially, in evening type environments, it's, it's great to have that auto on. Uh, what I typically like to do is capture a picture with the flash on, capture a picture with the flash off. Uh, so that way I can, I can go in and adjust those uh, levels and stuff after, after I shoot the photo. What you would normally have been doing in the dark room, yes. uh, but you're doing in your, your, your device there. So the other thing to think about with people is uh like i said first off light uh second is is background uh compose compose your photo what story do you want to tell with that photo so how many times steve have you taken a picture with with lisa and the girls uh <laughs> and and getting everyone situated and then by the time everyone gets situated like the the, the scene changes I know. It, you have to be patient the other thing that's nice my best photos are the ones that you take 
when you kind of see that moment happening, you know, maybe they're getting ready to go see the characters or they're talking to the characters versus the, the staged photo of them all standing there. But those seem to have more emotion and more character and really, you know, those are more of the special moments. I think if you, if you can just, but you know, you got to have your phone out or your camera ready and then kind of catch those photos as they happen and they seem to work out. And and that's a huge trend in photography, especially over the last 10 years. Uh, and, And especially if you look at, if you look at wedding photos, from like my parents' generation, or even yeah. even uh, e- even even a decade or two after, uh, when they would have would have been getting married in the late 1960s, it has moved from a style of photo where everything is posed yeah. to what what is considered a more photojournalistic style, uh, more candid shots, less posed shots. It's really capturing the moment and the essence of that moment and the emotion. Like you you you, you hit on that really well is because whenever you think about that it is it is those little moments that that are are kind of tear jerkers that yeah. really see that interaction their their face lights up it's not something that's posed it's not staring at the camera you're just capturing what's going on versus directing what's going on yeah so and it and, could be as simple as you know you're behind your kids watching the the fireworks and they're holding a balloon and they have their mickey hat on and you take you know, from behind the back of their head with the Mickey ears and the balloon and the fireworks. And you just, you're just kind of catching these different, you're, you know, you're going out of your comfort zone if you just always take the, the staged kind of photos, but you know, you just, you just experiment with it and see what, how it turns out. Yep. But like you said, like if they're, they're watching the parade, uh, or they're, they're watching, uh, you're, you're standing in line waiting for, for a roller coaster or something at an amusement park. And one of the trains rushes by and you capture that look on their face. Yeah. Um, th- those are the things that, that are not posed. Um, so, and then, and then of course you have the modern day today where people are staging candid photos. If, <laughs> if that makes any sense whatsoever. That's right. Yeah, it's kind of like scripted reality television. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so so taking taking pictures of people can be tricky because how do you arrange them, uh, and how do you uh, like say for instance you want that that kind of staged mm-hmm. typical family portrait mom dad uh, all 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 the kids so if you're traveling with family you you can do it for uh, nieces and nephews and that kind of stuff so whenever you think about how you arrange them you have to think about a couple things, height order. And then of course, dominance in the photo. Uh, so if you're taking the photo of parents, uh, are they all, all parents in the back, kids in the front height order lined up one, two, three. Um, what, what is the story? What's the story behind that? How are you as an artist? And, and that whenever you really think about it, I know it, it kind of, uh, plays off a little, little bit different today than what it did whenever, uh, people were really dedicated to a a hobby of photography, but really there are some iPhone photographers that are really artists using uh, a a very, very basic device. Uh, well, considering history, a basic device, uh, but they're very technologically advanced and, and super, uh, super powerful in terms of all the algorithms and stuff they use uh, to to show off all of the um, uh, features and capabilities of each of each device. Uh, but even like I said, even if you are 
planning to use a, a, a new device, even if it is your phone, uh, your iPhone, your Android device, uh, spend time taking photos. Uh, sit down at your dining room table uh, or at your kitchen table, haul out a few different items, figure out ways to take photos of them, ways to arrange them with each other, uh, and, and just explore the different features that are in your in your phone to make sure you're comfortable comfortable with using it so you can capture uh, the, those really special moments. Uh, because that's one of the biggest determining factors of capturing that special moment is knowing how to use your device. So once again, uh, back to, to the, the concept of photographing people, uh, how many people are there? Make, make your photo look how you want it to. Uh, and, and I know it's always kind of torturous whenever someone's, oh, look, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And that's where practice comes in. So just make make sure you're you're getting some of that in before you uh, head out on vacation. Uh, and always, always, always remember who who are the key characters on your vacation. Uh, is it is it a vacation with grandma and grandpa, uh, um, mom and dad, and, and the grandkids? Is it with aunts and uncles? Is it with a whole family? Uh, make sure you think about who those key players are uh, whenever you're, you're, you're shooting photos uh, all throughout your vacation because you want to make sure that you not only capture everyone in, in some moments, uh, but also it's important to remember that, that a lot of times uh, we take those milestone vacations to really commemorate uh, something very specific. Uh, or people that are that very specific. So, so whenever you grandma and grandpa start to get a little bit older, uh, you can look back on those memories and and just cherish that because that that's one of the greatest things, uh, one of the most powerful things about photography is that ability to elicit emotion. Uh, to to think about think later back about a specific time. You can think of what you were feeling. You can even maybe think of what you ate for lunch that day or what you were going to do that evening or how excited you were in that specific photo. Uh, but be the storyteller. That, that's one of the biggest reasons why we always love Disney is because Disney is a world-class storyteller. So, so just tell your story. Um, look at everything that's within the frame of your photo. Check the background. Uh, look for extraneous items that you can possibly remove uh, just by shifting over a couple inches. Uh, you would be shocked at how much uh, uh, moving over a foot in either direction can make in terms of of how uh, how a photo is composed. Do you want them directly in front of the castle? Do you want the castle kind of off to the right-hand side? If you think about the Tree of Life, there are so many great um, uh, angles that you can shoot the Tree of Life from. You can mm -hmm. shoot it from far away. You can get up close. Uh, you can even capture some shots with kangaroos in the background. Uh, just a really, really cool uh, thing to think about there. So think about the composition overall of the photo. Don't put things in the photo that you don't want in the photo. You're in control. You're shooting it to so shoot that. Any tips from you, Steve, on shooting people um, with a with a camera, of course? Yes. So for me, I you know, for me, it's sometimes instead of just holding the camera up by my face and taking the photo, I'll hold it more by my waist and kind of take it from different angles or get down lower and just get different perspectives um, and, and just take as many as you want. You know, you don't have to just take one. So I'll take a bunch cause you never know. Um, and then I think, you know, I know a little bit, I, sometimes I'll turn the grid on and do the kind of uh -huh. the rule of thirds and I'll try to 
but I'll kind of play around with it. Do you, do you know more about the rule of thirds than you probably are more versed in it than I do? Yeah. And, and that that's actually a really, really good kind of segue into the next, next zone of discussion here. And that's, that's just photographing places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not, not capturing people in places. You just want a panorama of, of what you have seen before you. So whenever you think of the rule of thirds, you have to think of a, like a standard four by six uh, photograph and think of cutting it into six equal squares. So you have a, a square in the center and then that square in the center is surrounded by equal size squares all around. So you, if you're thinking um, portrait style, so that the photo is upright, you go a third of the way up, draw a line, one third above that, draw a line. So you break the break the the overall scene down into three three separate bars, and then of course you can do your uprights as well. Uh, never shoot your photo. Never shoot your photo with what you want to shoot exactly in the center. Uh, you want the, those those four weight lines uh, at the corner of that center cube, whether you're landscape or whether you are a portrait. Um, Move slightly off, and and check out what that what that uh, scene looks like with the focal point of the scene on each one of those four dots surrounding that that center uh, center square. So, just think about shooting a, a photo on uh, a beach uh, of sunrise or sunset. Typically, what people want to do is they want to put the horizon line where that sun is rising or setting smack dab right in the center of the photo. However, what that does is, is that creates uh, a, a very boring composition. So if you, if you take a look at a lot of different photos, the photos that people go, go wow at the most are the ones that are really thoughtfully composed uh, and really do, do a, a good job in telling that story. So think about dropping the, the, the camera or lens by a third. So put the horizon line on that top weighted line. Uh, and what are you going to capture? You're going to capture more light on this, the, the beach. You're going to capture more reflection on the water. Now pop it up a third uh, and put the horizon line in the bottom the third of that photo. Uh, and what happens is you capture more of the clouds, more of the sky, uh, and it really opens your shot up and allows more color to come in or more subject matter uh, because it, it, the, the beach is a straight line. The horizon line is a straight line, uh, especially if you're, if you're doing a sunrise and, and the light is just flaring uh, with, with rays off in all different directions, uh, popping that camera up by, by a third, uh, just moving it up a couple inches and, and putting the, the, the center of the sun in the bottom third of that photo provides you with the opportunity to capture the sky or dropping in a third to capture more of the reflection off the water. Uh, the other thing to think about is hike 100 yards up the beach and shoot down the beach with the sunrise in the lower left-hand corner, say, for instance, of that photo, and then you really stretch the line of, of the, the coast. You stretch that out uh, as a, um, a diagonal line across the photo. Uh, so it really takes what could be a very flat, boring picture uh, and transforms it into something with real depth, yep. with color, and with texture. 
So that's the thing to think about whenever you're photographing places. You want to look for color. You want to look for structure. You want to look for texture. And you want to look for repeating patterns. Uh, There's a a cool photo. uh, Whenever we post this show, I'll share it out to the mouse chat group. Uh, A really cool photo that I took in the Magic Kingdom uh, while one of my sons and I were waiting in line for the Haunted Mansion. The sun was just right on one of the the gates uh, in in the Haunted Mansion. And the way that – that the shadows fell over the steps that lo- that were just behind that gate, it created this really kind of geometric, really cool geometric pattern uh, of both light and dark and shadow and sunlight. Uh, and then, of course, the texture of the concrete was in there as well. Uh, and it made for just a really interesting shot. Yep. Uh, and I have such a great memory of shooting that just because of the, the richness of, of, of what I was shooting. Uh, it looked cool uh, because that that's that's one of the things that I, I loved, the, the play of, of both light and shadow, uh, and how that works in a photo. Now, I remember you took, you took a photo of Epcot in the parking lot and I just, and it was just so simple and and something that no one would ever take a photo of, but it had, I think it's on our mouse chat Instagram page, but it had the, the crosswalks and the yellow, and then it just had the depth and the angles. So, you know, of those crosswalks kind of like fading away and maybe a little bit of uh, spaceship earth in there. I don't remember, but it was, uh, just very well done. Yeah, because it was it was early morning. Uh, we we were going into Epcot early for I think we were there for breakfast maybe, uh, but yeah. So there there was no one no one else around. Uh, I was able able to kind of capture that shot. Yeah, and just capturing the the repeating pattern of a crosswalk mm-hmm. uh, as a foreground uh, or even just kind of a, of a leading line uh, that is uh, on, on on the the basic kind of angle of the photo. Yeah, it just kind of really made not just the foreground interesting, but it provided multiple layers of depth to that photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the way uh, sunlight hits Spaceship Earth, it just kind of pulls in all the colors from around it. So, yeah, I, that was that was a fun shot to take. And I, I always strikes me and it, and it kind of drives my family crazy whenever I see those moments. It's like, oh, so sorry. I have to take a picture of this because it, it just caught my eye. Yes. Uh, and, and it's those moments that you just want to kind of take take a moment, soak it all in uh, and, and just kind of play around uh, with, with the light that's happening. Uh, and then, then, of course, one of the coolest things to think about is if you're in the Magic Kingdom and it's a rainy day, think of all the different reflections and stuff that you can kind of play around with that aren't going to be there on, on, a, on a normal day uh, or your, your, your kids playing in a water hole. I mean, of course, for some parents, that's a nightmare because their shoes are getting wet and all that stuff. But those, it's those moments. It's the, those moments of, of capturing um, and especially thinking about shooting uh, landscape shots or, or architectural shots, um, or, or, or things of, of specific geographic interest or, or historic significance, yep. uh, capture the essence of it. Don't just take a picture of a rock, figure out why the rock's important and how to tell the story about that rock. Maybe it's Plymouth rock. Who knows? Maybe it's the Fairfax <laughs> stone who knows. Um, but just to take advantage of, of what's around you, uh, and compose your shot. Don't just snap a picture compose your shot. Yeah. You do a good job of having things in the foreground. It could be a, a limb or a, a, a branch, a flower. There's something in the foreground, then there's the subject and then something in the background. So it has that visually interesting photo. It has depth to the photo. Uh, you know, so maybe the thing in the, in the front is out of focus and then the subjects in focus. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool things you can do. And I, I do that too. I'll be like, 
taking shots of just weird things and different angles. And then you're like, yeah, that did not work out. But then sometimes you're like, oh, this looks great. So you just kind of play around with it and try different things. And that's one of the biggest reasons why taking photos at Disney is so much fun because everything in your environment is curated. So everything tells a story. Everything Mm -hmm. has an Imagineer's thumbprint on it as far as why it exists. So you can really kind of take those moments, look at what the Imagineers put into the, to a specific scene and not, don't just capture the focus, the focal point of the scene capture all of the details surrounding that scene. One of the the, the, the areas that always kind of really captures my imagination is the, um, the kind of broken down fence along the water in the Africa section of animal kingdom. Uh, cause you have this like bent rebar. Uh, so like that, that they form concrete around, uh, it strengthens and reinforces concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have this kind of bent rebar fence that lines that waterway. Uh, and if you, if you look beyond it, uh, you're going to see some really cool uh, um, storytelling elements down along the 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 the, uh, the shore along the waterline. Uh, you're going to see the uh, the the outpost area uh, that leads over into uh, Pandora. Uh, if you go the other direction with it and look back, uh, you're going to see the bridge that crosses over. Uh, there, there's a gate there. There's signs, alligator warnings, and all that kind of stuff. All of those things make for great images because they're they're pieces. So if you've ever looked at a a still life uh, painting, like a a bowl of fruit or something like that, everything in that image is there and specifically arranged for a purpose. Disney does that for you in the parks. So you can make for really great photos. Toss, Toss a kid in along that fence either have them looking out over the water, have them looking at the camera, have them looking down the line of the fence. You can capture some really cool photos. And of course, Disney, as Disney does, there are photo walls popping up all over the parks and area. These things existed. People just never used them for Instagram (laughs) photos. Uh, But like the purple wall in the magic kingdom is epic. Now Uh, everyone goes there has to get a picture at the purple wall because you know, everyone wants their picture in front of a, purple wall with a graphic paint pattern on it It, it's Mm -hmm. cool it's really awesome uh and it's really cool that disney is kind of really feeding into that now so lots of instagram walls disneyland in california is a bunch they had an up wall that debuted when we were there a couple years ago with the balloons and you can pose pretending to hold the balloons and it's just a lot of different ways to be creative they have the buzz Lightyear wings uh that you can pose with all kinds of different stuff and and it's those things that Disney loves because it's a make your own memory thing. It's a tell your own story. Yep. They put some paint on a wall and it became an attraction. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Everyone loves to get the uh, latest snack and treat and ice cream and uh, kind of share that Instagram moment. Or now it's probably a TikTok moment or or a little bit of both. But um, yeah, they sh- share that with their friends and family and of where they are and what they're doing, what they're eating. Grab your Mickey pretzel and head over to the purple wall. <laughs> I actually have a photo in front of the purple wall doing something stupid. I don't remember what over there. Grab a churro and, yep. and, and head over uh, um, to, to the theater there at uh, California Adventure. Beautiful shots. And, and always remember, once again, going back to one of the original things I talk about, remember light. 
remember the role that light plays in a photo because you have your, your golden hour in the morning and your, your golden or silver, depending on, on how the atmosphere is, is faring with you that day. Uh, but you also have that in the afternoon where that, that lighting is just striking. Uh, it's not super harsh. It's just beautiful. It's, it's a soft, soft, golden, warm light that works really well uh, with, with most people's skin tones. Um, so yeah, it, it's cool. And always another thing to, what do you want people to have on? What do you want people to have off? Hats, sunglasses. Do you do you want that that water bottle in the photo? No, you don't. Most likely, you don't want it in the photo. So choose what you want in the photo. Choose what you want out of the photo. Mm-hmm. So compose it. You're the artist. Take care of it. Uh, and then that leads me up to the next thing: is taking photos of things. Whether it's souvenirs, whether it is food, that's a big one. Let's talk about taking pictures of food. First and foremost, no flash. <laughs> it's uh, one cool thing that you can do uh, with your flash, uh, and and this is something that anytime I'm taking my uh, my SLR into the parks, I always have uh, a couple uh, index cards or a sheet of paper or something stuffed into my camera bag. And the reason why is because it really helps you diffuse your flash uh, or to bounce light. Uh, So whenever you think about trying to bounce light with a smartphone, oftentimes it doesn't work out really well because your flashes work best when the light source is further away from the lens. As you can imagine, with a smartphone, your your flash is right next to your lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard to, to flash that light. But one thing that you can do uh, is if you have a little bit of, of tissue or a little bit of paper, you can fold it up in a little little tiny uh, little tiny line, hold it over your flash and soften that light. So if you want to take photos of food, but the restaurant's a little too dark, uh, remember if, if you're using flash in a restaurant, make sure you're not going to be annoying the people around you uh, because that it's just, just rude. But if you're back in a corner and it's not, no one's going to, no, no one's going to see, see the flash from it. Uh, experiment with it, have a little bit of fun with it. Um, but the thing to remember about food is if you do I, – I, what always drives me crazy is when people take what I call aerial photos of food. They hold the phone above the food and take a photo straight down. That's boring. <laughs> that looks awful. Yes. I mean, if, if like if you're trying to document your food – Sure. Remember that you ordered the short ribs that, that gets right there on the plate. Yet the thing to remember is the angle of the camera should be at about a 45 degree angle toward the food or a straight on angle directly at the food, but moved slightly off to the side. And of course, think about what's behind the plate. Think about what's beside the plate. Is your place setting still in place? Have you moved the the utensils? Is the do you have an empty coffee cup sitting there? If you're trying to take good photos of food, make sure that you're you're at a good angle uh, and, and hold hold your phone there at at your plate uh, about a foot away uh, to make sure that you have room to to move forward and back a little bit. But take a look and check out the angle. Uh, if say for instance, we were, uh, at Maria and Enzo's at Disney Springs, uh, and, uh, two of the kids ordered the, the kids pizza. Well, the kids pizza comes on this like foot and a half long plate. It seemed like, <laughs> so I was able to snap a picture of that pizza from like the very tip of it. And, 
and really took advantage of that long plate and it made the pizza look gigantic. Uh, and we, 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 at that time we thought the pizza was gigantic, but we still enjoy looking at that photo because the pizza looks enormous. Yes. So if, if there's uh, garnish on the plate, make sure that you're capturing the garnish, turn your plate around a little bit uh, to capture the best image of it. Uh, because the, uh, especially the way the light works, you want to make sure that you're, 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 you're capturing your food in its best likes. You know, people love to take pictures of food. Yes. Uh, that, that's, that's kind of the, what, another big thing on Instagram is, uh, all of your, your foodies of Instagram posts. So, or, or Insta food. Um, yeah, you have to make it look appetizing and, and, and right. I see so many photos and it, and it used to drive me nuts, especially with, uh, Epcot Food and Wine Festival, everybody taking photos on top of trash cans, holding some little thing. <laughs> they just looked awful. And shall we recall oh, uh, yes. the Mouse Chat Meetup when Steve went into Epcot with a backpack full of China? Yes. Uh, I'm not talking the <laughs> pavilion. I'm talking Steve took plates uh, and placemats even. Yeah. Uh, and place. I think you – did you even take – you even took silverware, right? Yeah, silverware. And we had like a charcuterie board and – all, yeah. We had all, a whole selection of uh, of stuff. So what we did was we replated the food <laughs> that you buy in the little cardboard boats at yes. Epcot's Food International Food and Wine Festival. It looks we replated so good. it and took beautiful photos yes. uh, just by hauling a few extra items. <laughs> and of course, I took them in the bathroom and washed them in between. Yes. Uh, and I will promise you that I got some really interesting looks when I was doing dishes <laughs> in the bathroom sink at the American Adventure Pavilion. Yeah. But you know, that's yeah. just what you do for good photos. It came out nice they came out really amazing but yeah it was a little extra work uh bringing a backpack and 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 bringing that stuff along and then sharpie was nice enough to wash between every uh different item that we played it up but, yeah it was, uh, it was i cool. remember the, the 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 turkey and dressing that i mm. i uh got at the american adventure pavilion i mean that plated so nicely yeah uh on, on your on your china that you brought from home steve <laughs> yeah, then i brought uh, yes i brought our wedding china too so Lisa was not real thrilled with that. Yeah. But go, uh, honestly, go to Goodwill, go, go to a thrift what, yes. shop, pick up a couple random dishes yep. that, that, that travel well. Uh, you can get some really nice melamine that, that looks like really, really nice, uh, really nice dishware. Uh, you know, that way you don't have to worry about breaking it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if you're going to take really nice photos of food, have fun with it. Yep. And that's one of the, the most important things that, that, I, I always encourage anyone who who is looking to take up photography as, as like a, a serious hobby uh, to really have have fun with it. Uh, you you have to learn to play around, uh, and you have to learn to make mistakes. You have to be like, oh, that that's a terrible image. Um, but always always challenge yourself. And th this is something that I do I do with myself pr pretty often. Is I use um, Adobe's Lightroom. Uh, software uh and and that it's kind of a storage and editing uh unit all in one piece it's not nearly as complex as like say for instance photoshop um and that you you can find some really cool uh tutorials uh on lightroom uh and yeah. you can also do mm -hmm. some pretty low cost uh classes on the internet uh that on on lightroom so if you if you are are a, if you like to have fun with photos but you're ready to kind of take that next step uh, is invest in some type of photo editing software uh, that will will kind of help you along the way um, and help you take advantage of some of the cooler features. But one of the cool things that I like to challenge myself with is I, I like to take my worst picture 
and recreate it somehow. So either completely take it black and white, crank up the collar in one direction or the other. Um, I did a re really cool like line art version of Spaceship Earth uh, that, that I, I caught. Like the sun was just right on the camera lens. Uh, so it was a terrible shot looking at it on, on my uh, iPhone. But whenever I started playing around and making something out of it, uh, I, I really like the photo. So, uh, share your oops photos with us, mm -hmm. uh, after you've edited them, edited them after you've played with them or post your worst Disney photo, uh, on our, uh, Facebook page on, on our uh, Facebook group. And I, I will take, take a couple moments and I will transform it into something kind of crazy. So Ooh. whether it's, it's cranking all the color into it, taking all the color out of it changing uh the, the the pitch or shift of the photo uh or zooming in on a specific um element of the photo so yeah drop me a challenge uh put that out on our on our facebook group uh make, make sure you uh tag me in the photo so that way i'll, I'll be sure to see it uh but yeah i'll i'll, I'll do a uh a, a couple custom uh sharpie shots there uh so that way you can kind of see uh, what you can do with a really bad photo or just a really odd or off photo mm -hmm. um Typically, photos of people don't do so well with this. But if you're uh, if you're looking at landscapes and things like that, or 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 item, uh, you, you've shot a picture of a of a souvenir or uh, a picture in a gift shop or something like that. Uh, sometimes I can do stuff with um, uh, uh, shots with people in them, but not often because because you don't want to you don't want to make someone look look really weird or washed out or anything like that. Yes. So. Now, any, any, uh, do you have Lightroom? Yeah, I, do you have it on the app, or do you have it on your uh, computer? I, I have it on my I, I have it on my uh, MacBook. Okay, there's an app. I actually have the app, except I forgot my login. It's been a while since I've used it, but yes, <laughs> there is a uh, a Lightroom app that you can get too. So you can yeah, edit your phones. With that yet, so I have I have a couple freebie apps that I've used for mm -hmm. photo editing, but uh, really the latest version, the the late the. Uh, probably the last four versions of iOS, I think maybe, mm -hmm. uh, ha have just really taken off in terms of what you can do, uh, what, what you can do with photos right, right in the phone, yep. right with the, uh, the app, the, the photo app that comes with the iPhone. But yeah, there, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of, uh, different, um, photo apps out there that, that do, that do editing on your, on your device. So Yeah. Cool. Very cool. So we've gone over people, places, things, and then uh, any uh, other general tips, or did we kind of cover that already in the other three topics? We'll, we'll talk about a few tips. Uh, video is drastically different than just photography. Um, the thing to remember, if you are trying to capture good video, uh, and, and I mean like high quality, I'm going to make a really cool vacation, uh, vacation video after this, you're, you're going to want to get a gimbal. Uh, and what a gimbal is, is it takes the, uh, the, the jar or the, the shake or the vibration, uh, or the kind of the, 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 the hard static element of shooting a, of shooting a video with, from your, from your hand. Um, it, it's, it, it, I, I like to think of them as like a zero gravity device, mm -hmm. uh, because no matter how, how hard or, or tough you move them, uh, it keeps the angle, uh, through like gyroscopic motion. It keeps the angle of the camera 
pretty evenly staged uh, so that way you get a nice smooth image. One of the worst things is watching a video yeah. of, of someone walking, holding their camera. You've got all the bounce going on. Yep. You've got like a very rigid pan uh, going on because, and the other thing to think about whenever you're, you're shooting video is go very slow. Uh, so you don't want to do, do like the, the, the trombone movement of, uh, um, in, uh, the, um, the music man, 76 trombones. You don't, you don't, you don't want to do that, that zoom in, zoom out, pan to the left, pan to the right. It, it, it makes everyone nauseous. Just don't do it. Slow movement, even steady. Um, and the thing to think about is is anytime you're shooting with a camera and you are in like a, a lower light situation, uh, but you're capturing something that is still is make sure to brace, brace your photo. Uh, so if you're, if you have one hand out with your, with your camera, uh, especially if you're shooting video, hold your other, other hand and either hold your wrist, hold your elbow or stabilize the camera with both hands. Yeah. Does that help, help so, take some of the shake out of it? Sometimes I'll just put my elbows in kind of into my stomach, you know, and you're yeah. trying to, you're trying to make yourself kind of a rigid tripod to, if you don't have a gimbal, but, but a gimbal like a DJI, DJI, I mean, I think the last one I bought was like only 120 bucks. I mean, they've come way, way, way down. Uh, they're super affordable. Uh, and you get that nice, even thing. The other thing I'd invest in is a mic because the second thing that I hate more than, you know, after the shakiness is like really bad audio and you can get a little mic for almost nothing as well. Um, that connects to your phone. Uh, and a lot of them will mount on a gimbal with a little clip or something. And, um, and then you can actually have really good audio, uh, as well. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing to remember is that if you're, if you're shooting video, it's a completely separate thing. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll do, uh, uh, an episode that that's entirely dedicated to video. Uh, Steve's more experienced with shooting video than I am. I tend to stray away from video just because you need to do a lot of editing and stuff on the background if you yes. actually want to make it like uh, a, a consumable. Uh, if you it's something that you really want to have fun and share and uh, show off to friends and family. Uh, but whenever you think about photography tips in general, like I've, I've tossed a few words out, think of texture, think of what you're shooting, uh, concrete, uh, fabric, uh, plastic, glass. Think of the texture that you're shooting and how do you present it in its best light? Uh, if you're, you're taking a photo of um, like wood carving or something like that, make sure that you're catching the angle and the play of light and shadow on it. Uh, so that way you can think of depth. Uh, and that's one of the biggest tips that I would provide to anyone who, who's just starting to kind of become photo aware uh, is always be mindful of your angle uh, that you're shooting from, uh, whether you're shooting from the left side of it, whether you're shooting from the right side of it. Um, and, and Always think about in your image, if you could, uh, if you've ever seen uh, like, like the, the, the different dot, the ways that you can open um, Android phones uh, by sliding your, your finger across the screen with different combinations and stuff to lock or unlock your phone. Think of shooting your photo in that direction. Think of the different points in the photo and imagine drawing imaginary, imaginary lines from one point to the next, to the next, to the next. Uh, say, for instance, you're shooting like a path 
uh, but you, you really want to kind of capture the foliage and stuff around it. Uh, take a look and step off to the side, to the left, to the right, whichever direction, and see what you can capture because you always want to make sure that if you're shooting something that, that is distant away, you want to make sure that you have something in the foreground. Uh, you want to have a focal point and you want to make sure that you're mindful of your background. Uh, so that, that's one of, the, one, of the, one of the biggest things to always be mindful of is the angle. And then, of course, composition. You control what is in your photo, what is out of your photo. Don't forget that. Uh, take the moment. Uh, don't just walk by something and shoot it. Take there. Take a moment. Stand there. Look at it. Stare at it. Look it up. Look it down. Take a good picture of it. Uh, the other thing, too, is whenever you're shooting food, make sure that you're holding it with your elbow extended because uh, you, you, the, the, the closer it is up to you, the less light you're going to have on it and the less play that you're going to get with the depth. Um, and then, of course, the next thing to think about is what is in focus. Uh, and Steve talked a little bit about this. What is in focus and what is out of focus? Uh, and that's one of the other cool things about uh, how far advanced uh, our phones are, is you can touch on what you would like to focus on. Not only like I mentioned earlier with shooting um, big objects in the background like uh, Spaceship Earth or uh, Cinderella Castle or the uh, Chinese Theater or uh, the Tree of Life at Animal Kingdom. Do you want the background in focus? Do you want to hint at what's behind the subject? Or do you really want it like fully in focus? I want the whole frame, everything in the photo in focus, or do I want to focus on the person's face, but with the tree of life in the background to where you can really tell what's there, but it creates that artistic depth mm -hmm. uh, to the photo that, that you know that there's something way behind. So yeah, I bought a, um, a 35 millimeter lens for my uh, SLR just to just to learn to play a lot more with that depth of field uh, because it really does create a lot more striking photos when you can soften the background and really create a, a hard, nice focus on, on the foreground, whether you're, whether you're shooting an object or whether you're, whether you're uh, photographing friends, family, uh, other, other folks on your vacation with you. So here we are middle of June, I uh, hope you can kind of take advantage of some of these and snap some great images uh, on your vacations, either near, far, or staycations this summer, however it might be. Uh, don't forget to take pictures this summer. Uh, I, I know I know that might sound sound a little strange, uh, but with the, the the life and times of everything that's going on in the world right now, uh, believe it or not, the memories, uh, especially families who have been together for, for months now, uh, quarantine or, or stay at home order. Um, you're, you're going to want to remember 2020 for what it was. Uh, but you're also going to make sure that you remember 2020 for what it wasn't. Uh, and that was time away from, from, from your immediate family. Uh, so capture them, uh, always with kids growing up, uh, you want to make sure that you get pictures of them at every stage in life. Uh, but for some reason that importance falls off. Uh, as as people start to age, so make sure you're you're capturing images of of aunts and uncles and grandparents and great grandparents because you just never know how long those folks are going to be with us. So capture some good images of them, uh, friends, family, get everyone in the shot, uh, and and make photo make photography what it is to you, uh, and, and that's either a really strong memory or a really fun outlet 
that of course can create strong memories. So have fun with photography. There, there's so much, uh, so much to think about it. Uh, and kind of the, one of the last tips that I'll provide is look for color. Make sure you've got something vibrant in the photo. Uh, or if you're shooting to go in a black and white route, the vibrancy of color creates really striking images uh, in terms of when things go black and white, because you can really kind of play up the composition of, of whether you're going a full like gray tone, whether you're going a full black and white, or whether you're going with the sepia. So play with that, especially with textures when you think about taking black and white photos. Uh, it can really kind of create some some cool objects there. And is there anything more fun than taking photos uh, in a theme park with all the lights and stuff at night? Just remember that you have to be very still when you're taking those night photos. Yes. So, tripod. Yeah. Very yeah, good. You can. Yeah. If you can get a little tripod in there, uh, they got a bunch of tiny ones. Or there's very, like the octopus tripod that yep. you can like wrap around light poles and stuff like that. Uh, it, that that is perfect for catching nighttime photos yeah. in a theme park because uh, you can just find a, a fence post or uh, sit it down as a as an actual tripod on top of a uh, trash can or something like that. Um, but yeah, it really creates an opportunity. And the great thing is they're very easy to stuff into a small pocket on a backpack and they're pretty expensive. You can get uh, one of the, one of the better ones on the market for, for $20 or less. So cool. yeah. All right. So our next, our next show will have Lauren back, I think, and Lisa will be back. They're got a, almost a, almost a full week at Universal Studios. So we'll have a review coming up here next show or maybe the one after on uh, what's happening at Universal Studios. They're there, you know, pretty much right when it opened uh, for everything. So it looks like a great time for photos. I mean, if you are looking for those photos with no people in them, and I mean, I saw photos of uh, the Harry Potter thing like I've never seen before, where it's just, you know, them and uh, Harry Potter, and all the different things in the background with uh, zero people. So... Very Photography cool is a great social distancing hobby because whether you're <laughs> taking photos of people, you have yes. to be about five to six feet away from them anyway, so you might as well. Yes. So, so we'll have them back. And then uh, we want to thank Pixie Vacations for sponsoring the podcast. And you can find Mouse Chat uh, pretty much on uh, any of your favorite, uh, I guess, uh, audio services from uh, Spotify, iTunes, and uh, kind of pretty much anywhere, anywhere you like. And uh, I think I think that's it. So that's going to wrap it up and join us again next time on Mouse Chat. <laughs>